Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Welcome to episode 35. So in this episode and a few of our future episodes, we're going to do do things a little different. Um, in the past, we have picked a topic that we've gone into and how you can do research on that particular topic for your ancestors. And And now we're going to take all this information that we've been giving you over the past 34 episodes and putting them into um, our research and kind of taking a, a question, because we always start with a question that we want to answer and how we answered those questions in doing our research. But before we get into that, um, of course, we begin with our wine. Because it's happy hour. It's happy hour. So, Amy, what so you got? So, today we have um, a Chardonnay, because we like our white wine. And this is the, it's called B-Side Chardonnay. It's from Sonoma, Northern Coast. And it's um, scored 90 points with a wine enthusiast. It's, it does have some oaking, but not a lot of oaking. Because mm-hmm. I don't like a lot of oaking. Mm-hmm. I like I like the note, but it's a full-bodied, which is nice. It's um, creamy, apricot, um, very silky, and very smooth. Excellent. Very drinkable. And it has a beautiful label. Because you love beautiful labels. That's how you choose your wine. It's very clean. Yes, it's very clean. Well, also the points, too, but very clean, (laughs) and it has like a unspooled wheel of film or, or a ribbon or something. Yeah, it's a reel yeah. of something um, and like a mess on the bottom. It's really pretty. And I think Amy drank the whole thing all by herself. I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. It was a good bottle. Okay. All right. So I have a pretty long question. Well, not a long, I have a short question, but a, a longer research process. And you've got a couple right. um, so short you, ones. Yeah. So you've got like a major research project there that was really cool. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But I've got just a couple of little notes here. My um, application of all of the tools that we've been talking about is um, trying to uh, differentiate between two people with the same name. Okay. Who were born in the same year. No. And whose mother (laughs) and wives had the same names. (laughs) Nobody, I'm sure no one has run into that problem before. (laughs) So in my case, I have two Harrys. Okay. Okay. Um, two Harrys who were both born in Romania in 1893. Their mothers were both Betty and their wives were both named Rose. And you would think, no, this has to be the same person. Right, right exactly. Yeah. But they're not. They're cousins. They did have different fathers. Fathers have different surnames. Okay. Both of them, and they both lived in, immigrated to, of course, New York City, and they both, all the families lived in New York City. Awesome. And so they're actually cousins. So their fathers were brothers. Okay. So what I wanted to know was what their birth dates are because I couldn't figure out, um, I, I just didn't know what they were, which, which was which. I had both of their World War I um, draft cards. Okay. But both of them were, neither of them were married. So they're both single. They're both still living at home. And... There were two different birth dates, clearly. One was December, and one was in April. Okay. So, but which is which? Right. So, um, there are two things that I could have done. 
one cost money and one didn't. <laughs> Let's do the free one first, right? So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the free one first. <laughs> so because they were both, um, they were both living in New York City, um, and this again, they were both born in 1893. They were both married in um, the 1920s. I could um, apply for their marriage licenses and their marriage certificates mm-hmm. through New York City um, online. Which cost about fifteen dollars each, I believe. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Yeah. But um, and for both of these guys, their last names were just um different enough that I could identify that the marriage records were the ones that I needed, and those would give me the parents' names and their birth dates completely, which was great. Okay. For New York City. Uh-huh. But so instead of spending thirty dollars, what I decided to do is because I had both of those um. World War One draft cards. I use the addresses that they reported uh-huh. that, where they live. So this would have been um, nineteen seventeen, nineteen eighteen when they filled these out. So I took the first one, um, the guy who was born in April, and I looked up looked him up in the. Um, there's a nineteen fifty New York State Census. So using the nineteen fifty New York State Census and the nineteen twenty. U.S. state census, or U.S. federal census. And for him, in all three of those documents, the World War I draft card, the 1915 state census, and the 1920 U.S. census, he lived in three different locations. Oh, so helpful. So that was not helpful (laughs) at all. (laughs) So I had to move on to the next Harry. Harry born in December. December. Right. So I did the same thing. I compared the address that he reported on his World War I draft card to the addresses that he was living at with his family um, in the 1915 state census and the 1920 U.S. um, census, federal census. And again, three different addresses. Because again, these people, they did not own property. They were tenants in these tenement houses in, in New York City, in the Bronx, and in Manhattan. So... Um, or in Brooklyn, but his World War One draft card does have a notation at the very bottom that says new address, West 115th Street, and lo and behold, West 115th Street is the address that he was living at in 1920. Oh, huzzah. So now I know that that Harry is the one who was... Whose birth date? So now I can, I can sort the two of them out, and now I know yes. what the birth dates are. And so now that I can look at Social Security Death Index, one of those Harrys is listed in the, in the Social Security Death Index with the April birth date. Okay. So now I know that, that that's the date that he, he passed away. So if I do want to then spend the money and get the mm-hmm. get their marriage records, um, the, and that would depend on, in this case, this was a client um, who was um, I was working for. So mm-hmm. I have to look at their budget to see if... You know, the extra $30 fits into the budget or not, if this is what they want. Um, Neither of these Harrys, they did not, this was, they were not um, legal descendants from these two Harrys. So these would have been um, cousins of their, I think, parent or grandparent. So I'm not sure if those documents were important to them at the time, but I just wanted to get the right, at least the right dates on the family tree. So that was a way to not spend too much money, but... Now, yeah, was able to genealogical sleuthing identify um, which Harry was which yeah. by their addresses. Very cool. So you can do the same thing with um, occupations too. Yeah. 
So I did another one where um, it was a um, a Irish immigrant, and you know those Irish names. Everybody mm. is kind of mm-hmm. you know named after the grandfather, and they're very plentiful in the New York City area. Mm-hmm. But this one guy just happened. I got lucky. He happened to have a um, very unique occupation. Mm-hmm. And he kept reporting that occupation on everything, every document that, that was he was. Easy. Yeah, so that one, it was very, he was, you know, you've got a lot of Kennedys, yeah. but that particular Kennedy, I was able to isolate every single census, marriage record, and such. So. I think sometimes you find that even the occupations change so often, too, but they might be in yes. the same field. Correct, right. Is, they might get a promotion from mm-hmm. a train conductor to an engineer. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, at least there you can follow that, right. you know, that career in the railroad. So, yeah. So. All right. So my, my uh, question was, um, I was doing some research for a friend, and it was, where does this family come from? Where? What country? What country did mm-hmm. they originate in? Okay. So I'm starting... Um, Starting with some information that they gave me, their client information, and then um, some records up to uh, a certain point. Everything kind of worked out. And then I'm, I'm starting with this guy, um, John Griffing, who was born in 1884 in New York. And I have this on his um, Social Security application and claims and a World War I draft registration. And then his death um, was in 1957. And that was in um, New York, and that's on the death, New York State Death Index. So that's pretty confirmed. Um, he married um, um, Murdy. I'm sure her name is Myrtle. In uh, 1909, and I do have a marriage certificate, so that's all good. And on the marriage certificate, which doesn't always happen, it lists his parents. So um, that is one good thing that New York documents, when you do get a hold of them, yeah. you do have a lot of good yeah. information. And I, I was lucky because um, a lot of these uh, things are from New York. Mm-hmm. And I will stay to, uh, say, too, that um, I try to do most of this or all of this is done online. I was lucky that I found pretty much everything I needed on Ancestry and Family Search. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, family Search is obviously completely free. Ancestry, you have to have a um, subscription for. But I didn't have to go anywhere, or I didn't have to make any phone calls or anything like that. So that was good. So um, I find uh, John in the 1900 census, son of Henry and Sarah, which are the parents listed on his marriage, um, which confirms everything. Everybody at this point is born in New York, according to the census. So we're still in New York. So we're going to move back a generation to Henry. Um, I can find him in the 1880 and the 1900 census, married to Sarah listing his birth in New York, so it's about 1850 is what it says. Um, In the 1875 New York census, I combined Henry and Sarah together with two children, Frederick and Ella, and um, Henry's brother, Timothy. So I'm just making notes of these things. These are, you know, of course, all paths you can go down later, (laughs) look look for different Mm -hmm. things, but just keeping in mind those family members to make sure that I'm on the right track. Um, So... Uh, let's see, where am I now? So this this isn't information we need for our query. It's not really telling us anything other than they were still born in New York, so it's not answering our question. So you haven't got to the immigrant ancestry Haven't yet. gotten to the immigrant All ancestry right. yet. Go, keep going back? I'm going to keep going back. Yep. Um, so next I find Harry. Um, still on Harry because I'm still looking for his parents in the 1865 census, and he is listed with parents at this point, Frederick 
Griffin and a mother, Julia, and his brother, Timothy. So here's this Timothy again listed as a child with him and their parents where the Timothy is living with him as an adult when he's married before. Oh, so that Timothy with Fred and Helen was an un- was uh, a brother, yes. not a child. Right, mm-hmm. right. Okay. So so that all kind of matches up. So I'm, you know, fairly certain that's our family. Right. They're all in the same town and and everything. So um, that works. It still places him in a birth year of about 1850. I still don't have a birth date at this point. Um, but it gives me another generation to go back. And since the birth date is not my question, mm-hmm. I'm just looking for what country yeah. did they come from. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that right now. Um, but I can go back. Okay, so now I'm looking at the 1880 census where we found Henry and we see his family um, Lissa's family living with them. One of his sons is also named Frederick. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back one more generation to the Frederick mm-hmm. um, and Frederick and Julia, along with their sons, Henry and Timothy. They're in the 1860 census. Everyone in that family is listed as being born in New York again. Um, so but Fred and Julia are also born in New York. Fred and Julia are also born in New York. Still no immigrant. Still no immigrant. And uh, this is a just an interesting little fact. And again, here, here I go, like off on a tangent. Um, but we were talking about occupations, and he's listed as a fluid peddler. And a, flu- I was like, a fluid? Fluid. I'm like, what is? Yeah, what's a fluid? What's a fluid peddler? What what kind of fluid yeah. are you selling? And so I, I did take an extra minute or two to <laughs> pop away from the search and just look to see what that was. I really couldn't find anything, but I found... Um, um, I did find a brief mention in the St. Joseph Herald from St. Joseph, Michigan, not about my guy, but about a fluid peddler. And this was from February 4th, 1871, kind of around the same time period. And the article said, a burning fluid peddler, while trying to sell some fluid in Leavenworth, Kansas, lit the lamp to prove that it was non-explosive. It did explode, however, and the peddler had to borrow money to purchase a new suit of clothes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, so our Frederick is a fluid peddler, and I'm guessing it's like lamp oil lamp or oil, something right. like that. Okay. Uh, okay, so back to the research. So Ancestry had a listing from Find a Grave that puts Frederick Griffin being buried in Hudson, New York in 1890, and it lists his birth as being um, in July of 1816. It does list a wife, Julia, and a daughter, Catherine. However, I didn't see any Catherine on any census forms with um, Frederick and Julia, Henry, and Timothy. So that was a question, like, who is this Catherine? She doesn't, she's not in any of the census or anything like that. Well, there is an article in the North American Family Histories in the genealogical descendants of Jasper Griffing, which lists Fred Martin Griffing as being married to a Julia Reichert, and in this article it lists his children as Catherine Ann, um, being born in 1847 and dying in 1848, so a young child, and a son, Luther Timothy Griffing, born um, 1848 and dying in 1849. So they had two children pretty close together that did not survive infancy. Also would not be in the census because it was before 1850. Therefore, no mention Luther ever. Tim- but that Lutheran Timothy is not Timothy. No, right? but it, but there's the Timothy name again. Right. Um, right. 
so they are not in that that census. Um, let's see. So, uh, okay, get back to my notes here. So this is why they were not listed in the census. It also, right. it does also list his two boys, um, Henry and Timothy, were still in that genealogical book. It lists his parents as Timothy Griffin and Catherine Van Ness. And remember that Frederick names one of his sons Timothy, most likely after his father, and his daughter Catherine would have been named after his mother. Mm -hmm. So it's all making sense. This information is just coming from that um, written book, so not a primary source, but it's a clue. Absolutely. So in the 1850 census, Frederick is with Julia, and the same in the 1855, both saying born in New York. So we're going to move back one more generation to Timothy and Catherine. Mm -hmm. And we're going to try to connect those two because we don't know. We don't have perfect proof that no documents. Um, right, no documents to say that. Um, so we need to prove that they are in fact the parents of Frederick and find out where they're from. So there is a record on ancestry from the U.S. Dutch Reformed Church records for a marriage between a Timothy Griffin and a Catherine Van Ness in New York. Same city has been listed in previous census forms um, for the children. I looked for a will, but there was nothing um, that I could find. And at, at this point, I popped over to, an, uh, to Family Search and found a baptismal record for all four of his children, Catherine, Luther, Frederick, and Timothy, and they're all listed in New York with those two as the parents. So I've connected um, Timothy and Catherine to Frederick. Okay, so we're, we're back, but we're still in New York. Mm-hmm. So looking back at the book, I went back to the book, which so far has been right and on target. It lists Timothy's parents as another Timothy Griffin and his mother, Thankful Chittenden. Like, great, a name that is definitely different. (laughs) Okay, so you've got a Timothy and Thankful having a child named Timothy, Mm -hmm. married to a Catherine who had Mm -hmm. a child named Fred. Mm -hmm. That's how how it's going so far. Okay. Yep. Um... So on Ancestry, there's a birth record in Connecticut. We've moved out of um, New York to Connecticut for Timothy to parents, Timothy and Thankful in Guilford, um, Connecticut. So at this point, we've moved back from New York to Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Still not across the pond. Um, According to the Family of Guilford book, (laughs) Timothy and Thankful had seven children, William, Timothy, Luther, there's that Luther name yeah, again. Right. Martin Mindwell. I'm like, why would you name your child Mindwell? Mindwell. Like, are they hoping they would mind well? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be Mindwell. Um, Frederick and Calvin. So the names are sounding familiar. It also lists Timothy's parents as being Jasper and Mindwell Griffin. So an ancestor, there's a a Connecticut marriage record for Timothy and Thankful and a will for Jasper where he lists Timothy as a son and his other children all match up. So good so far. These books are proving to be a great resource for this. Um, So looking back at the book of uh, Jasper Griffin, everything has worked out, but we haven't answered our question. Luckily, in the North America Family Histories, it lists parents for Jasper, which we will, again, have to prove because it's just written down there. And they are Robert Griffin and Lydia Kirkland. Thankfully, Robert left a will listing his son Jasper and matching children Mm -hmm. from the records. And so 
that's pretty good. So the will. The will lists the children and the right and the wife. Relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we're back in New York. And he was in New York. So we've okay. gone New York to Connecticut and back mm-hmm. to New York. We just went in a circle. We still haven't answered our question. And we're seven generations back right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So they've been here for a long time. I did find a Sons of the American Revolution application for Captain Daniel Griffing, descendants of Robert Griffing. And it mentions that Robert Griffing is the son of yet another <laughs> Jasper Griffing of Wales. So we've gone back to this Jasper... And so um, Jasper's grandfather was Jasper. I knew you were going to ask me something like that because here I, I didn't get it. I, I'm sorry. I didn't write this down. No, no, no. I, I, I'm completely, <laughs> completely confusing myself because that son to the American Revolution application, Daniel is a descendant of Robert, and Robert is um, Robert Griffin and Lydia Kirkland from above. Remember, we were talking about... Those are Jasper's parents. Right, Jasper's parents. And Robert is the son of another Jasper. So so, he named his child Jasper after his dad. So Daniel and Jasper are brothers. And it was Daniel's... Daniel's another son of Robert that is not in this line, that I'm not looking at. Right, but But he's he's Jasper's brother. And the Jasper yes, is yes, that you're one. right, okay. you're right. Okay. It's too many people going on here. Right? And you're good. So anyway, the father Jasper, our final Jasper, is listed to be from Wales. However, <laughs> I do not have anything yet to prove that. And it would, um, uh, but I did find a, um, let's see, there's nothing yet to prove that. I did find a will um, where Jasper lists his son Robert um, as one of his heirs. And is that a will in the United States? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so he died. Yes, Jasper came over. Okay. Um, but um, I've got to find something for the for Wales. So mm-hmm. there is a record in the U.S. and Canada Passenger and Immigration List Index for a Jasper Griffin arrival in 1675. Mm-hmm. And that's all it said. It said he arrived nice. into Long Island. Uh-huh. Long Island, okay. as we say. Um, there's also a U.S. and international marriage record listing his marriage to Hannah in 1675 and that his birthplace was Wales, is on the marriage. Right. So where in Wales? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I think I've at least tracked them back to Wales. Right. And it was, you know, as in you just confused me before when I was doing the rabbit, it was like a flow chart mm-hmm. I had to make to of keep course, track of yeah. this. Yeah. And this is also one of those, there's so many names, like the Chittendens. I'm like, oh, who's that family? But you just cannot go down those, go lines, down those yeah. roads. Right. So that'll be for another day. Right. So but, you did very good at keeping just focused mm-hmm. on going back every generation, just proving that parent, right. to, that, that actually the, the father relationship to get. Yes, and, and that is the, the only line I did. Right. right. But it was important for you to know who they married because you needed to keep keep. Mm-hmm. keep that was a way to, for you to make sure that you're you were still referring to the same person. Right. Right. So you used um, census records mm-hmm. to get yourself an idea of what the family looked like, and then you used those secondary sources to fill in that information. Right. So now you can use those books because you were looking at them online, right? The, yes, the they're, they're all on Ancestry, mm-hmm. and it was it was good to give me a clue for the next generation. Mm-hmm. But then I had to find something else that proved right. that that was actually true. You know, right. whoever wrote whoever wrote it. So this was your line, then you could go to Connecticut and to New York and then actually obtain copies of those documents. Sure. If the whole, because you were just looking at indexes, I think. Right, some of the more indexes, yeah. yes. So you could, get, you could get the yeah, documents. Exactly. Right. That's cool. Yeah, if, uh, if my good. friend wants all that stuff, uh-huh. that can totally be attained. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. 
Very good. Wow. So, yeah, you're talking about eight, nine generations? Yeah. Something like that. that all done. And, and luck, like I said, this was lucky. I could do it all on Ancestry and mm-hmm. Family Search. Family Search and right. I probably, you know, if I'd spent more time, I probably could have find, found some more things. Mm-hmm. But just to answer her question, right. mm-hmm. this was the process I did. Right. Right. Yeah. And even though Ancestry is a subscription base and a, pay pro, uh, a paying subscription, you can go to the libraries, mm-hmm. um, your local library. They should have a library copy of Ancestry that you can use yes. for free. Yes. So that's a way to utilize those records without having to um, pay for a full subscription. You can't Correct. you can't save a tree on there and, and all that, but at least right. you can use the, you can the, use it their look for their research. And their mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. Wow. So that was a lot of fun. I was it, you know. Just, Knowing that I'm always stuck on my Burke line, it was fun to actually be able be to successful. trace somebody. Fun. <laughs> yes, all the way back, and yes, I answered the question. Yay! So we, so you ended up going Jasper to Robert to Jasper to Timothy to Timothy to Fred to Henry to John. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, congratulations. Yes. Very good. We found a couple fun names in there. Thankful so, and Mindwell. I mean, my gra- great-grandmother was named Wealthy. I don't know if that was like a hope. Because <laughs> that certainly did not pan out well at all. Mindwell. I haven't seen yeah. Mindwell. But, yeah. then, but, the, but then the grandmother was named Mindwell, yeah. too. So, yeah. again, that's a good Repeating time for the, the family name. Yeah. Excellent. I know. All right. Well, we are going to be busy over the next month yes. with more research. We'll have another research question, each of us, for yes. the next podcast. And see how we do it. Yeah. See how we answer those questions. And then see what's what's left to um, to answer. All right. All right. Until mm-hmm. next time. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly. And never drink around genealogical documents.